Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hi, everyone. This is Julia Longoria, host of The Experiment. One of the very best parts of my job is getting to call up journalists like Ed Young, Van Newkirk, and Amanda Mole. Their reporting for The Atlantic has brought vital insight to millions of readers and listeners around the world. You can enjoy all of The Atlantic's groundbreaking journalism, gain unlimited access to every single story when you become a subscriber. Just go to theatlantic.com slash listener and get started. This is The Experiment. I'm Julia Longoria. Last week, we brought you the final installment of our series about food, work, and family told through the history of spam. You know, the mystery meat that comes in the blue and yellow can. If you haven't listened, go back three episodes and take an epic journey into the heart of spam. The iconic American food that's eaten by people around the world. We learned it conjures strong emotions for people. All the Filipinos love spam. From Filipinos. It was used heavily by the troops. To American GIs. Did you I think mean, that's where my dad got his taste for? Sure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do that for everyone we talked to. And uh, did you ever eat spam? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly tell you I've eaten Spam once in my life. (laughs) Yes. Only once, and that was it. We spent time with the workers who help make Spam today. Did you know that the company that you'd be working for made Spam? Never. Many of them are Latino. Um, No, you know. And for them, spam never really seemed to take off. Instead, it was another American product that captured their hearts. In our last episode, we told the story of how a mysterious illness plagued people who worked at the plant where spam is made. He tried any remedy he could think of. Every type of ointment. And there seemed to be no relief for them, except... Oh my gosh, did he put Vicks vape rub? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's a staple in, in <laughs> Latino culture. You put vapor rub on, on everything. Vicks vapor rub, that minty eucalyptus elixir you rub on your chest to make everything feel a little bit better. I actually reported on a story a while back about how vapor rub, kind of like spam, captivated an accidental market, including my own Cuban family. So this week, we bring you a bonus episode. How Vicks Vaporub, born in the 1890s in the middle of North Carolina, also traveled around the world. I worked on this story with a reporter named Kenny Malone for a WNYC show called Only Human. Here's Kenny. So this is the place where where normally we would have like a warning about adult content or language. But I think in this case, what we should say is we reached out to Vicks Vaporub for this story. It's owned by Procter & Gamble now. And the big message from them is only use Vicks Vaporub as directed. In other words, you should probably not do most of what we are about to talk about today. So that said, 
I want to start by just playing you the moment that sort of set this story into motion. I want you to open this, smell it, and tell me the first thing that comes in your mind. Okay. This is our reporter, Julia Longoria, opening a jar of Vicks VapoRub. I really, it's, it's her house in the spare room in my grandma's house. Are you crying? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the Vicks? Yeah. <laughs> so what, one of my earliest memories was being dropped off at my grandma's house for two weeks while my parents were away. And I remember I got a pretty nasty flu. And it was the first time being sick away from my parents. Julia remembered sleeping in the guest room, in walks grandma with a jar of Vicks VapoRub, and she just starts slathering it on like she's frosting a cake. On my chest, on my, like right below my nose and inside of my nostrils. And I remember I was like, get that away from me. This is terrible. It burns. Like this is not making things better. And she'd be like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. At the first sign of illness for Julia or for her sister Paula, grandma would grab the Vicks. I mean, we just, it was an ongoing thing where like anytime any of the cousins got sick, they were like, don't tell grandma because she's going to put that all over you. When my sister w- would get sick, grandma would come at her with the Vicks. And I remember being like, don't, you don't need to do that. <laughs> Jumping in front of her. Get I'll, that I'll away from the, her. <laughs> I'll take the Vicks for you, Paula. <laughs> My grandma just turned 80, but I'd be willing to bet my grandma's 80 is not the 80 you're thinking. This is a woman who in one year underwent knee replacement surgery and took trips to China, New York City, and Paris. The woman defies expectation. One minute she's designing high fashion dresses, the next she's starting spitball fights at dinner. Irreverent, intelligent, it's like every week she's telling us about a different novel she's reading in English, her non-native tongue. All of this is to say my grandmother is no fool. That's why I can't wrap my head around how or why the woman I've just described worships a little blue jar of eucalyptus jelly. Of course, as a little kid, there was no reason to think grandma's love affair with Vix was unusual. But in hindsight, there were some pretty obvious clues. There was a time I remember walking into her bedroom and seeing four, five, maybe even six jars strewn on her vanity. There's the fact that Grandma doesn't actually call Vix Vix. She only talks about her beloved Vicicito. She adds the Ito as a mini love letter to the stuff. And then, maybe strangest of all, was that when she would stay at our house and take a shower, the bathroom would always reek of Vix vapor up afterwards whether or not she was sick. Now that I'm older, it occurs to me that actually I have a lot of questions about grandma and her Vicicito. So I sent an audio recorder to my sister Paula, who was with our grandma, and I called. Nobody pick up the phone! Just a few things to know before you hear this. Number one, my grandma is from Cuba, so I'm going to kind of translate for her as she speaks in Spanglish. Number two, she's got a little bit of a low voice. And number three, before I could even ask her why she loves Vic so much, she said something that sent the conversation totally off the rails. Hello? Grandma? Yeah, this is Karma. Julia? Hi. <laughs> um, okay, yo quería hablar contigo um, sobre Vicicito. 
Oh, it's requisito. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time that you have like a sore throat or feel like you are coughing, yo decía, no, no, si tienen todo hay que darle viquisito. Es bueno para todo. Es bueno para todo. Right there. Viquisito es bueno para todo. Vix is good for everything. So I'm like, wait, what do you mean everything? So first she's like, you could put it on your chest because it'll help with your cough. That makes sense. That's on the label. Then she's like, you can use it on your knee if you have a sore knee. And that one's also on the label. But then things start getting weird. For fungus? She says Vicks on your toenails will cure your toenail fungus. And she says she puts it on her fingernails to stop them from breaking. You, you think it, it makes your nails stronger? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, this is just insane to me. Grandma used to put it in your hair? Yes. Yes, before you get your, before you uh, shampoo your hair. Vicks Vapor Rub as hair conditioner. So I asked her, is this why the shower smelled like Vicks? And she said, oh no, I'm sure I'd stop using Vicks as hair conditioner by then. It was probably because I was using it as hand and foot cream. So the story of how my grandma ended up using Vicks literally from head to toe turns out to be a story about Cuba. Or at least that's what she hinted at in our conversation. What's your earliest memory of Vicks? Oh, my gosh. I think I grew up with that when I was very little. She said she grew up with it when she was very little, which was surprising to me because grandma doesn't talk much about her past, about her childhood or life in Cuba. She was 30 when she and her family left in 1967. And I feel like Cuba, for her, it's like when we're watching TV together. She'll always pick Everybody Loves Raymond over any HBO drama I want to watch. I, she goes, why are we going to choose to watch ugly things? Life has enough ugly things already. I'm pretty sure for her, Cuba is one of those ugly things. Do you think, I mean, I wonder, like, when the embargo started... Did you still get Vicks? She's like, well, sometimes it was there and sometimes it wasn't. If it was there, I used it. So I ask her, there was a time when there wasn't Vicks? And she says, that's right, but then it came back. I don't remember very well, after the Bay of Pigs. I know that may not sound like much, but I'm almost positive that that was the first time my grandma ever said the words, Bay of Pigs out loud to me. That's when the U.S. tried to invade Cuba in 1961. She was still living there at that point. And we've never talked about that or the revolution or her childhood. Nothing. In college, I became obsessed with Cuba. I did my thesis on Cuban bloggers. And last year, I went to Cuba for the first time. I haven't really talked to Grandma about any of this. And it's kind of weird because I think of us as close. But I guess I don't know much about her as the person, pre-grandma. The whole thing is making me kind of nervous. All four of my grandparents fled Cuba, and grandma is the last one still living. I've never known how to start the Cuba conversation. If Vic's vapor rub is a foot in the door, it's better than nothing. 
So I asked her if she'd be willing to sit down in person and talk more about this Vic stuff and maybe Vic's in Cuba. I don't know. We should do that when I'm when we're together again. Okay, maybe another day. <laughs> okay. Grandma was scheduled to come visit me in New York in a few months, and she promised she'd sit down with me and tell me the rest of the story. Up next, it turns out lots of people are using VIX in creative ways. We go across the country and through time searching for answers and may have actually found some. Hi, everyone. This is Julia Longoria, host of The Experiment. One of the very best parts of my job is getting to call up journalists like Ed Young, Van Newkirk, and Amanda Mole. Their reporting for The Atlantic has brought vital insight to millions of readers and listeners around the world. You can enjoy all of The Atlantic's groundbreaking journalism, gain unlimited access to every single story when you become a subscriber. Just go to theatlantic.com slash listener and get started. This is Kenny again. And Julia. And since my grandma and I spoke, we've learned that grandma is by no means the only one using VIX in unusual ways. So, for, for example, one of the first things that comes up when you Google VIX VaporUb is this. I printed it out. 12 surprising uses for VIX VaporUb. To keep mosquitoes away. To speed up healing and disinfect paper cuts. To make a tick release its jaws from your flesh. And, as Julia's grandmother suggested to help heal toenail fungus. Thank you for calling VIX. Apparently, this is so widespread, the VIX customer service line has an option just to tell you not to do this. Wondering if VapoRub can be used on toenail fungus? Press 4. We do not recommend using VapoRub for the treatment. So we know the reason that Julia's grandma uses VIX for all kinds of things has something to do with Cuba. That's the story that Julia was still waiting to sit down and talk to her about. But in the meantime, we thought maybe we could try and figure out why other people seem to think VIX can cure everything. We made a bunch of phone calls, emailed a bunch of scholars, and came up mostly empty-handed. One expert suggested that this might even make a great PhD thesis someday. So we decided to head to the source, the birthplace of VIX, Greensboro, North Carolina. I learned there are some old archives there, and I think we got about as close to an answer as we could have hoped for. Um, this is our manuscript collection. Relating to the company. Thank you. So to set the scene for you, I'm in an appointment-only room in the back of the Greensboro History Museum. It's got white walls, fluorescent lights, it's freezing. And an archivist named Elise has dropped two giant boxes on a long wooden conference table. What all is in it? Uh, this collection is a mix of family and company materials. And Sitting across from me are two members of the Vicks family. Britt Pryor is the great-grandson of the inventor. That's pretty funny. I have never seen that. And Alice is his wife. Yeah, it seems like I have seen that. So it's like a collection of company graphs and pie charts and, and stuff? No, it's like coupons and advertising pamphlets. There are even family photos and family letters. My dear mama, today a very bad thing happened in school. A boy got his leg broke. And that is old. And what, what else was in that box? Oh, a lot of things there. Here's just a, a quick history of Vicks. Vaporub was invented in the 1890s by a pharmacist named Lunsford Richardson. The story goes that he made it to treat his son, a baby who had croup cough, and it worked well enough that he started selling the stuff. Lore has it that Lunsford Richardson didn't think his name would fit on the side of the jar, and so he put his brother-in-law's name, Dr. Vic. 
Now, the product really took off in 1918 when the Spanish flu broke out. But ironically, the Vicks inventor died during that same outbreak. Now, as far as we can tell, the original purpose of Vicks was to treat cold and cough. However, in those boxes of stuff, I found a couple of documents from about a decade after the Spanish flu epidemic. And they seem to show a pretty surprising change in the company. So what is this? Summer schedules, like for their summer advertising. We found what looked like a series of advertisements that the company wanted to run in the summer. They told people to use VIX for some unusual things. Bee stings, bug bites. Yeah, I mean, burns, sore throats, hay fever. And then there was a letter attached. Oh my God. So wait, it says... um, Since our product is generally known and used for cold troubles, our sales rapidly declined during the warm summer season. Did you read that? The implication was that sales were dropping, and the solution was to say, you can use Vicks on a whole lot more than just your coughing baby. During that decade, the on-label uses for Vicks Vapor Rub exploded. Poison oak, poison ivy, remove stains with it. For animals, pleurisy in horses, colds or roop in fowl, distemper in dogs, snuffles in rabbits. <laughs> that big list of uses Vix was pushing back then included using Vix vapor rub for scratches, mosquitoes, poison ivy. It reads almost exactly like a modern list of 12 surprising uses for Vix vapor rub. Now, we can't draw a direct connection between today and that moment. But at the same time, if the question is, why are people using Vicks for all kinds of crazy things? It may well be because decades ago, Vicks was telling people to use Vicks for all kinds of crazy things. So this would have been the late 1920s, 1930s. Vicks wouldn't have been the only over-the-counter medicine making these kinds of claims. But over time, the company grew up, maybe because the FDA also grew up. And by the 1960s, it was back to basics. Poor baby, all stuffed up with a miserable cold. Basics and some pretty amazing advertisements. What should you do? Put her to bed. Put her to bed. Stop. Never go to bed with a cold without Vicks VapoRub. In 1985, just about 90 years after Lunsford Richardson whipped up his first batch of VapoRub, the company was purchased by Procter & Gamble for a reported $1.2 billion. We asked P&G how many jars of VapoRub they're selling these days. They didn't give us a specific answer, but according to a trade publication called the Drugstore News, P&G sold more than 9 million units of Vicks VapoRub in 2015. And that's just in the United States one of more than 60 countries where you can now buy Vicks VapoRub. Before sitting down with Grandma, there was something she'd mentioned in our first conversation that I needed to understand. She seemed to imply that there was some connection between Vicks VapoRub and the Bay of Pigs invasion. The assault has begun on the dictatorship of Fidel Castro. Just a little refresher. In 1961, the United States tried to overthrow Fidel Castro. This was about two years after he'd taken power. The U.S. trained a small militia of Cuban exiles to invade their former country and oust Castro. And the rebellion against the red-tinged dictator was on. The The invasion failed spectacularly, and Castro captured around 1,100 people. Have you heard much from your husband since he's been in prison? I'm too much nervous. They stayed in Cuba's prisons for almost two years. And just before Christmas in 1962, 
the U.S. and Cuba finalized a deal to free the majority of the prisoners. What do you think about the release of all your companions? Well, I think this is a wonderful thing. Uh, we had the reason this is important to our story is that the U.S. paid an unusual ransom for the hostages. It wasn't cash. The prisoners were exchanged for about $50 million in food and medical supplies. Everything from Listerine to aspirin to surgical equipment. And as best we can tell, in that ransom was a whole lot of Vicks Vaporub. Uh, you could sit there. Are we talking about Vic and Vicisito? Yes, we're talking about Vicisito. So it's two months later, Grandma's in New York, and we're sitting down in a studio at WMYC. <laughs> no, I think okay. I got nervous. <laughs> you shouldn't be nervous. This is like where, I know it's weird, but it's like we're sitting at home, whatever. We just never do this. I've always thought of Grandma as this fearless matriarch who started a new life in a new country as a young woman. It's so strange to see her nervous like this. And do you remember, what's like your first memory of Vix? Oh, when I was very young and then I got caught. My mother, she used to put Vic and, and then you have to be in your room. And so do you remember what your room looked like? My bedroom set was pink with flower painted and uh, and I have my pink uh, cover, you know, for my bed. I have a good life when I was young. Grandma grew up near one of the most beautiful beach towns in Cuba called Varadero. She and my grandpa met on the beach. He was a friend of her big brothers. I have this black and white picture hanging in my room of the two of them sitting on the sand. Grandma's got one of those 50s halter bathing suits with little buttons down the middle, Abuelo's got his hair slicked back. They're both smiling this stylish, effortless smile. She was 21 years old when the revolution came. Oh, I mean, that was unbelievable what happened there. Let me tell you, unbelievable. But that is another point of... <laughs> well, what is, do you mean? Like, it's another point because with the revolutions and all that, you know, then in Cuba, that was really hard. It was a very hard time. What do you mean? Like, what do you remember when you say it was a hard time? It's really scary. Right away, everything disappeared. You go to the groceries and it was nothing. It was a very, very hard time. And then when when all those medical supplies came in... Oh, my how? God, people get crazy. You have to see the lines on the, on the pharmacy to people get... Was that when you started using Vicks in different ways, like for conditioner and stuff like that? Or Yes, you know, because I remember when Castor took power in Cuba that you can't find any hands cream or anything, then I find out that when I use it for my kids and I put it in my hand, oh, my skin, you know, my hands look soft. And I said, oh, this is good for the skin too. And then what else? After that, like, how did you get to, like, put it on? And then, you know, I remember when I was in Cuba, the soap there was very hard and then the water wasn't good. And then my nails started to break a lot. And, you know, I said, oh, gosh, and, uh, my hands are big and not, not pretty, but I like to have my, my nails to look nice. <laughs> then I started to use that and my nails said, oh, my God, my nails look much better. Well, Grandma, I don't think your hands are ugly. Like, I actually think about your hands as, like, I want to have beautiful hands like Grandma. I always <laughs> think that, for real. I don't know. I compare my hands with my friends. I said, oh, my God, my hands are so big. <laughs> I do that same thing, actually. And then you said you did you use it for fungus? Was that the, wh- well, when was yeah, the I have first fungus time? And, yeah, I have fungus, and then I noticed that they start to get better. 
Yeah. So it was, but it was on your toes, right? Like, how did you get from the point of like? Well, if it's good for your hands, it have to be good for your feet too. So I thought to use. <laughs> it was like the worst period of your life when you were using Vicks in all these crazy ways. If that were me, like, it would bring back horrible memories, and I might, like, never want to see it again, right? Yeah, right. But you embrace it now. You, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, because that always made me feel good <laughs> when I was sick. I mean, like I said, it was working for me. So even in my hard times, I have, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So... Hold on, I can't be crying in this part. <laughs> Take me! <laughs> Smell me! When I get one whiff of Vicks, I am transported back to my room at Grandma's house. I see my pink and teal bedspread. I hear Grandma opening the door to say good morning and sing me Las Mañanitas loudly and off-tune. I laugh and throw pillows at her. She throws them right back at me. Vix takes me to my origins, a place of comfort and silliness and joy. I never thought about where Vicisito must transport grandma. I always figured her obsession with an American product must be another way she'd assimilated and left her past behind. All this time, the stuff has been bringing her back to her own beginnings, to her own pink room, the place where she learned what comfort is. When I was going back and listening to the tape, I found this one wonderful moment. It happened when I had to step out of the studio for a second, and I left Grandma by herself. Hold on one second. Let me just, I'll be right back. While I stepped out, Grandma picked up a little container of Vicks I had in the studio. She unscrewed the lid and just enjoyed the smell for a while. Oh, I love this. It's hard to hear, but Grandma just said, I love this. Oh, I love this. Only Human is a production of WNYC Studios. This episode was edited by Ben Adair. Our team includes Amanda Aronchik, Mary Harris, Elaine Chen, Julia Longoria, Jillian Weinberger, and Christopher Johnson. Our technical director is Casey Means. Tony Phillips is WNYC's vice president of on-demand content. Special thanks this week to Jim Rassenberger, Ashley Kaufman, and the Greensboro History Museum. Some of the archival audio you heard in this episode comes from the Lynn and Lewis Wolfson II Florida Moving Images Archive, and a very, very special thanks this week to Julia's grandmother, who brought us some of the most delicious pan con lechon you could ever imagine. I'm Kenny Malone, and we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. Support for WNYC's health coverage and Only Human is provided by the Torina Endowment Fund, Jane and Gerald Catcher, 
the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the Simons Foundation, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, and the Winston Foundation. Um, so two little elves named Blix and Blee lived in the shade of the Jub-Jub tree in a little glass house as round as pie, as clean as a whistle and blue as the sky, for they made their home by the old Jub-Jub in an empty jar of Vicks vapor rub. Hi everyone, this is Julia Longoria, host of The Experiment. One of the very best parts of my job is getting to call up journalists like Ed Young, Van Newkirk, and Amanda Mole. Their reporting for The Atlantic has brought vital insight to millions of readers and listeners around the world. You can enjoy all of The Atlantic's groundbreaking journalism, gain unlimited access to every single story when you become a subscriber. Just go to theatlantic.com listener and get started.